Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. That back shoulder fade with you and Brady we've seen uh, in the end zone. What makes that connection with you guys on that particular throw so special yeah i mean it's like a say my mom used to say uh it must be maple syrup because uh butter don't drizzle like that you gotta just take it how it sounds uh sometimes but uh just a little quick roundup is that you know you don't got much time to react uh and and syrup drizzles you gotta i mean yeah syrup drizzles you gotta make that play uh, and, and a stick of butter, it's a block. You got to put it in the microwave to melt it. That just takes too long. You got to make that play right away, baby. And, and that's why, you know, that's why I'm like the maple syrup. That, that's why she used to always say that because I'm quick with it. I just drizzle all over the place. Um, serious question. How did that guy get into college? He plays good football. How did, that, how did that guy get out of college? He plays good football. Same answer. Well, there you go. <laughs> Same answer. Um, I don't understand any of that. I didn't. And, and is there a way that I could file a petition with someone to get the last 30 seconds of my life back? No, no. I mean, that was, I think that was worthwhile there. I mean, that you know, again, for me, a guy who butchers the English language and things all the time, it made me feel good that somebody out there is, is on my level. I don't know. He what, makes you look like Albert Einstein. He does. I don't know what the hell he was talking about there. <laughs> drizzle, drizzle maple syrup. That's what I am. So what he was saying, he's able to adjust. I don't even, I don't get it. I don't I get don't it. Know. I don't know. And yeah. you know what? We could, we could watch it again and try to figure it out. I don't want to do that. That's <laughs> the last thing I want to subject anyone to at this point is deciphering the wisdom of Rob Gronkowski. There is a certain charm to him. I didn't see any of it in that 30 seconds, but uh, anyway, it's Gronk. Hey, Hall of Fame tight end. Seems like a nice guy. I, and, he is and a nice guy. I've, I've, I've seen him try to do stand-up comedy at like a roast before. Keyword try. Uh, if you want to subject yourself to even more pain, Google Rob Gronkowski was it, roast. Yeah, it wasn't you'll, like... You'll, you'll, yeah, you'll, right. It, it was bad. It was like, it was like David poppy. Ortiz's yeah, roast. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it, it, was, it was bad, and it was... 
let me just leave it at that. It was bad. All right. Uh, we try to be the opposite of bad here every day on PFT Live. This is our number two. Let's play a little what's more likely as we get ready for week eight. And my God, it's already week eight. Isn't oh, it amazing yeah. that it was seven weeks ago today that the season started? It really has flown by. And we say that every year. We feel that every you, year. You. But here's the let me just stop for a second. It has stop. flown by. <laughs> before 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 we craft a new square on the PFT bingo card, we do need to give the NFL some praise. Definitely. We have seven weeks in. And every game that was scheduled to be played in the first seven weeks has been played. Yeah, one had to be played a few weeks later. But still, every game that was scheduled to be played has been played. I don't know what's going to happen over the next 10 weeks, but for the first seven, congratulations, NFL. You've defied the pandemic. We see college football games getting scrapped all the time. Other sports have had issues. The ones not in hard bubbles where everyone's in the same place. And I just think it's appropriate at this point, especially since I have a reputation for, oh, why do you hate the NFL? Why are you criticizing the NFL? I say congratulations, NFL. You've made it this far. Seven weeks. I've now jinxed you, but you've made it this far, and they've played all the games. So bravo to that. I yeah. think we have to. We owe the NFL that. I, I agree. You know, again, I, we'll go back to, like, what was that, July or, you know, at June when we first got, like, what the protocols would be, right, for – for getting into the building, getting into the facility. We were very impressed by that and how it was laid out. We were going, man, this should be every company. This is how you could do it and get back to work and do those type of things. They were steadfast all along to make this happen. It hasn't been perfect, but yeah, I'm with you. They put a lot of great protocols in place. They really have and manage this about as good as you possibly can without being in a bubble. Got to give credit to the coaches, the majority of players, everybody like that seems like they've been on their P's and Q's too. So uh, way to go. I mean, it's, it's really, it's been great that we've made it this far. It's not going to get any easier though, because number one, cold and flu season is going to exacerbate the spread of the virus, which already continues to spread. Unlike it has at any point this year. And as teams fall out of contention, you know, there was a high-level executive at the league told me last week, that's what keeps me up at night, teams falling out of contention, guys not being as careful as they've been, guys just getting sick of it, getting numb to it, and not recognizing if any of their games aren't played, they lose game checks. That's something that every team needs to be hammering home to their players all the time. Even though we're done, if we aren't able to play any of our remaining games, we don't get paid, period. All right. What's more likely as we head into week eight? Steelers at Ravens. What's more likely? Baltimore will rush for over 120 yards or under 80 yards. What's more likely? Wow. Well, the Steelers defense, it's the best in football. I'm pretty sure, and I'm just second-guessing myself, it's the number one run defense. Oh, it's the number two run defense in football behind the Buccaneers. Um, and it's only 66 or 68 yards a game. But, man, under 80 yards for the Baltimore Ravens rushing, I just don't see that happening. Not on a bye week, getting prepared for Pittsburgh, probably have a few new wrinkles to the, to the run attack, things like that. That would scare me a little. And, you know, if you just go – if they run for 125, like you're holding Baltimore in check at 125. Like that's not that bad of a day. Again, you could – one – it could not even be design run. That's where I go with the over, right? With Baltimore, you could maybe hold their actual rushing statistics to like 80 yards, but 
there could be that one or two drop back passes where Lamar Jackson scrambles and he runs for 30 on one play and 40 on another, and then there goes your stats. So that's why I'll go with the over. Not necessarily like I think they're going to blow them off the ball and it'll be design runs killing them. It's the Lamar scramble factor that I think will add enough to it to help them out there. Yeah, but I think that when you're dealing with the Steelers, and by the way, this is Lamar Jackson's third NFL season. Yeah. And he became the starter midway through his his rookie year of 2018. Right. Say it. How many is- times is he – how many times has he started against the Steelers? It, this is this is only a second time, right? I was I was thinking Correct. about this before we started the segment. I was going, you know what? He I think he's only played against Pittsburgh once. He has one start. He had an appearance, a cameo appearance in his rookie year. Right. Last year, week 17, that was when they gave everyone the week off. Early in the year, when they were two and two in 2019, and we really weren't sure which way the Ravens were going to go. They had that hard fought overtime win against not Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. Right. That was the game he started. He got sacked five times that game by the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a very clear and simple and direct way of dealing with mobile quarterbacks. They treat them like running backs. Yeah. We hear other coaches want their teams to do that. The Steelers coaches tell their players to do it, and they do it. I remember seeing before the Steelers game against the Eagles a couple of weeks ago on NFL Network. The report that Keith Butler, the defensive coordinator, had told the players when Carson Wentz runs, you hit him. Yeah. And you make him think twice about running again. And people go, that's that. That's called football. You're watching football. football. That's what football is. That's right. So uh, I think it's going to be under. I think it's going to be under. I think they're going to make a conscious effort to throw the football. And I think when they do try to run, the Steelers are going to bottle them up. They've done it against the Browns. They've done it against Derrick Henry. And now I think they're going to do it against... Lamar Jackson, so I'll take the under. Yeah, cool. I, I mean, I'll, I'll be interested to see how it plays out. I really will be, you know, because it, to, to, to what you said, yeah, it's very real. The other thing I'll throw to it is they haven't really had to face Baltimore and Lamar when this run game and everything is hitting on all cylinders either, too, because last year they were just, like you said, getting their feet underneath them on the offensive side of the ball. But this is Clash of the Titans. And, yeah, not many people bully the Pittsburgh Steelers, certainly. And they got the speed guys and all that. Um, uh, Yeah, I don't know where this goes. I'm going to go with over because of the scramble factor, not necessarily think that they're going to run it down their throat that way. I just think with each passing win, you feel that Steelers mystique coming back. It's it does getting seem like it. into the balloon, and it's getting larger and larger. And it's a throwback to the 70s now. And – For the first time in a long time, they've got high level of skill on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Right? Both sides of the ball. Kind of reminds me of late 70s Steelers because early 70s, it was heavy on the defense. Late 70s, it was a good balance, and that's where they are right now. All right. Patriots, Bills. What's more likely? Cam Newton is benched again, or Cam looks like he did in weeks one and two of the regular season? I'm going with he, three he, in there as well when they beat the Raiders. Yeah, I'm going to go with we see the Cam Newton, you know, we saw early before COVID-19. I am. I think this is the week that New England gets back on track. Uh, you've heard me say it all week. I think they match up very well with, uh, with Buffalo and a lot of things they do. Buffalo can't run the ball. They want to throw it every play. Okay, that's great. New England loves that. Their secondary is amazing. And then, of course, New England can really run the football, and Buffalo has really big issues stopping the run, let alone they're not the type of team that can lock teams down and play man-to-man, which has given New England some issues that way too. So I'm going to say that we see New England right itself. I'm not sure I'm going to pick this game as an upset yet, 
But I'm definitely thinking about maybe going with the Patriots here and, and pulling this one off. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying, and I think that, that this is a pride game for the Patriots. It's a pride game for Cam Newton, and they, they, they are putting the COVID-19 issues into the rearview mirror, and they're getting back to being who they can be. And, and they understand that everything they're trying to do this year is still in front of them, but they have to stop the bleeding. They have to reverse this trend. They can't go to 2-5. and five. And, and I think that Cam won't be benched. And I think he will look like the guy that we saw before he got the COVID-19 diagnosis. Colts at Lions. What's more likely? And how about the, hey, look, this is a sneaky great game this weekend. Colts had two weeks to get ready. Lions are back home. They've won two in a row. They're three and three. They're contenders. They're making moves like contenders, adding Everson Griffin. What's more likely? Phillip Rivers doesn't get sacked at all in this game or Miles, Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett gets a sack in his seventh straight game. Colts at Lions. <laughs> Pete, what's going on there, Pete? Let's go. Pete, let's go. To who the are you next referring one. to here, Pete? Let's go to the next one. Let's go. Rams at Dolphins, Pete. Uh, <laughs> Pete, don't repeat that, Pete. Rams at Dolphins. What's more likely? Tua Tonga Vailoa is one of the biggest stories of the day, or we're talking about pining for Ryan Fitzpatrick next week. Ooh, man, I can't. Ex- I can't imagine Tua being the biggest story of the day. I can't. You know, and again, we have to pick one or the other. I could see it being a solid performance, and maybe Miami f- filling or figuring out a way to win the football game. I wouldn't be shocked, but I don't think it's going to be like, oh my gosh, Tua looks so amazing. So if you're going to give me the option of Tua is one of the biggest stories, or we're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick, I'm going to go with the we're talking about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I am. You know, the Rams defense, it's good. And, of course, we know what they got up front, and they got a good secondary, and they don't give you anything easy. That's what I really respect about the Rams' defense. It's sound. They play smart. And I think out of those two options, I'm going to go with that uh, just because I can't imagine Tua going off on them. And, see, that's the thing. And that's the, the – the, the, not the flaw. That's what makes this challenging. Yes. It's an either-or right. with a big middle ground. Big middle. Of the two choices – Tua being one of the stories of the day, or Dolphins fans and others saying, why isn't Fitzpatrick out there? Yeah, I'll go that way. But I think as a practical matter, you know, Tua's going to be okay. Yeah. He's not going to be demonstrably better than Ryan Fitzpatrick would have been. That's the thing to remember. But, you know, is there a chance that Tua makes some mistake or holds the ball a little bit too long, gets sacked, whatever, fumbles the ball, and it makes the game go the other way, and people are wondering whether or not Ryan Fitzpatrick would have done that. I guess there's a chance of that happening. But between the two choices, I'm saying, look, I hope it works out this way. I hope that we are raving about Tua the way we raved about Justin Herbert, the way we raved about Joe Burrow. I hope that happens. But, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, not against this team. It's, it's. I understand giving him two weeks to get ready, during your bye week, but man, to have the Rams and Aaron Donald and that defense on the other end of the bye, that's a hell of a challenge for Tua right out of the gate. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, again, they're just, they're they're not a team. They don't blitz a lot. They're not going to give you, oh, we're going to let you go one-on-one and throw a jump ball. I mean, that's very rare. So, you know, between that, some of the playmakers they have up front, you know, I I think if, listen, we could be talking about Tua is one of the biggest stories because, Miami somehow wins the game and he played just a solid game. I wouldn't be shocked. Miami's got it going and Miami has the right personnel on defense to slow down McVay in this offense. They got big people and they got big time cover corners. 
and they'll be able to do a little bit of that New England you know, Super Bowl defense that you saw a few years ago when the the Patriots played the Rams. Brian Flores, I would think you're going to see some of that broken out for this game, and uh, they can. But they're going to give the Rams a tough time. I don't think they're going to win the game, but I think they'll give them a tough time. It was Flores' last game as a member of the coaching yeah, staff with the New right. England Patriots, winning that Super Bowl ring and walking off into the sunset as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. You know, I got to peel back the curtain a little bit. I got to have some fun with this. Pete, you're not getting away with this one that easily. I've seen, as we've been talking here, the cursor furiously tracking all of the others to make sure there's no similar Philip Rivers, Miles Garrett question. Yes. And I'll say this, because he's begging me to quit talking about it. I think that needs to be a bingo square now. Like, I think it should just be. Pete, Pete anytime, anytime there's Pete a mistake. the show. Uh, uh, Pete's, Pete's yelling at me. Let's make it a bingo square. Pete screws up. There we go. Bingo. I, like it. I think okay. it should be one. You're right. Pete screws up. Blame it on Pete. Hey, now I know what that voice was that we heard before the show. I thought there was an intruder in Pete's house. It's this new sound effect we have for bingo. Play that again, please. We're, we're, this is like 70s bingo! Uh, radio. Bingo. There we go. Bingo. All right. Let's move on. Saints at Bears. Uh, what's more likely? Nick Foles throws multiple touchdown passes, or we're talking about Mitchell Trubisky next week. Oh, man. Wow. Now, this is this really is a tough one. Uh, you know, the Saints, they let, they let up a lot of damn big plays on defense. I mean, every week, it's big plays. It's, it's the most concerning thing. If they can't make big plays on offense, and they let up big plays on defense, that's their biggest problem as a team. Now, Foles... You know, it, it's all over the map. I don't know. There's great throws, and you go, oh, but then, you know, we, I thought we brought him in to take care of the football and not turn the ball over. That's all he's done since he's taken over. I mean, it really is is unreal that way. I, I think if I'm going to go either one here, because I have no faith in the Bears' offense at all, I'm going to go that we're talking Mitchell Trubisky next week. Out of the two options I have there, you know, I could see Foles throwing for one touchdown and then winning maybe some sort of ugly game where their defense somehow created turnovers. Okay, yes, but I can certainly see more of, no, the Saints win by 10 or 7 or 13 and Foles and that offense were you know outmatched by that Saints defense and he threw a few interceptions and it never looked pretty and now all of a sudden we're talking about Trubisky again. So I'll go with that option. Last time Foles faced the Saints was in that playoff game. Oh. Where he almost beat the Saints he with did. the Eagles. And, you know, he's got a team now with a better defense than that Eagles team had at the time. And I think he understands that that maybe the same gut feeling that resulted in Nick Foles taking over for Mitchell Trubisky could flip back around on him and have Trubisky reinserted into the game. I think Foles is going to get it done this time. You do? I really okay. do. I think he is. I think he is. And I think that that, you know, for the same reasons we're saying it's a point of pride game for the Patriots, it really is a point of pride game for the Bears. Now, I'm not saying that means the Saints aren't going to beat the Bears, but I just don't think it's going to be that abysmal offensive showing because I don't know that even a better Bears defense can slow down this Saints offense enough, even though they likely won't have Michael Thomas. But I think Foles is going to play well enough between these two choices. It's more likely he has multiple touchdown passes. That's all it takes to be on that side of the choice. All right. Rather than having Mitchell Trubisky being the talk of the town. Because who's going to be talking about him? It sure as hell isn't going to be the fans in Chicago. They 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 have been uh, very anxious to get to this point where Trubisky isn't playing. But uh, maybe they'll get anxious about getting him back once they get a few more weeks of the way it's gone for Nick Foles. All right, 49ers-Seahawks. Great rivalry in the NFC West. They had a couple of great games last year that 
that Week 17 game down to the wire determines the one seed. What's more likely, San Francisco leans on their running game or Jimmy Garoppolo has to try to get into a shootout and keep up with Russell Wilson? Well, I'm going I'm going with the first one because, you know, the, San Francisco, they're the odd team that can be in a shootout through their run game. You know what I mean? So that's that's where I'm going to go with, like, that, that doesn't matter. You know, they'll run it and be like, oh, you know, Russell, you throw for 10, you throw for 12, you throw for five. And San Francisco will be like, we run for five, we run for 12, we run for 10. Oh, Jimmy, run a play action pass. Oh, he's wide open. Thank you. Back to running for five, running for 10. I mean, that's what they'll do. So, I mean, Jimmy, the last two weeks, he's it's he's got to make three throws a game. I mean, that's, that's all he does. It's just Shanahan extraordinaire, play after play. Shanahan's on fire right now. And against this Seattle defense – you know, I think they will have to lean, you know, lean on their run game. The only thing I'm worried about with San San Francisco again is injuries. Here we go again. I mean, the running back, Jeff Wilson looks great. He's out again. You know, we know Mostert's not there. Tevin Coleman's not there, and now Debo Samuel's out this week. That's what's concerning about that matchup to me right there. I mean, Debo Samuel is such a weapon for that football team to where. That's why I don't go with Jimmy Garoppolo keeping up with because he's he's also yeah he's a wide receiver he's part of their run game. Debo Samuel's a huge part of their run game, um, so I, I, I'm I'm gonna say that though they lean on their run game because they know that Russell and company are hot too. Jamichael Hasty, the name to watch this week. We've got a story on PFT right. on how he turned down other choices, undrafted out of Baylor, wanted to play for the 49ers. And Smart. You've got Tevin Coleman coming back from IR potentially, but Raheem Mostert's on IR. Jarek McKinnon is the only currently healthy guy on the roster in front of Jamichael Hasty. We may see plenty of him on Sunday against the Seahawks. All right, 0-7 Jets at the 6-1 Chiefs. What's more likely, the game will be over by the start of the second quarter or we have reason to watch into the second half? I'm going to go with uh, door number two that we'll have reason to watch in the second half. Now, I don't think it's... Is, is, will the reason be Le'Veon Bell running roughshod over his well, old team? Is I that just, the reason to watch? I think, like, I just feel like this will just be a slow blowout. Like, I, I don't know. I just don't picture Greg Williams and his defense coming out and being so stupid and ridiculous that they're just going to let Mahomes go crazy right off the bat. Where I think it could be one of those things. It's, it's you know... 10-3 or 10 nothing at the end of the end of the first quarter and then at halftime it's 17-3 or something like that and then you know the end of the third quarter it's it's 30 to 3 or 27 to 3 and then it's over you know in the fourth quarter and they end up winning that way I, I don't think it'll be like oh it's the end of the first quarter Mahomes is on fire it's 28 to nothing Chiefs I I, I don't think it'll go that way yeah I, I look I don't either because we know how this team operates they play up and down to the level of the competition. Now, when they play down to the level of the competition, they still typically win, but it's not this stunning, jarring result, although we did see 43-16 to 16 on Sunday. That's what gives me doubts about this one. You know, we're doing our Mega Picks joint podcast later today, and as I went through last night and made selections and assigned scores, I thought, you know, maybe that Raiders loss woke the Chiefs up when it comes to not taking your foot off the gas because they did pummel the Broncos in their own building. And the last thing you want to do is be the team that loses to the Jets. And the spread's 19 and a half. Is this, is this a college game that, that I wasn't aware of on the schedule? 19 and a half. My God. Yeah. But, you know, I'm, I'm tempted to take the Chiefs what? and give the points. What? I'm yeah. tempted. It's not even a – I'm taking it. I'm, I'm just telling you right now for the Mega Picks podcast, I'm going with the Chiefs. 
There's no We're way. We're not supposed to give it away now. Well, the hell come with back it. and watch it later. It's, it's the 19 and a half points. It's this one. We're not going to spend that much time on the crappy Jets versus the Chiefs anyways on the Megapix podcast, so let's just get it out of the way now. Will, will, it, will it be one of your best bets of but, the week? That's but, the real question. I, you're right. That'll be the real question. But, you know, I think your point, too, about, like, the Chiefs and, like, maybe they learned something about, you know, falling asleep at the wheel against a team they were better than in the Raiders and, like, doing that. I think that's real, too. And – you know, the one thing I would say to the Chiefs is just like, hey, come on now, you know, keep it going because the AFC is too damn good this year to be playing extra games. I wouldn't want to roll the dice on having to play wild card weekend this year. So to play one less extra game, even though I know home field and the crowd and all that's really not going to matter to me this year, it's about not playing that extra game. You're going to have some real, really good football teams who are the sixth and seventh seed in the AFC. To where I just, you know, you just don't want to roll the dice that way. So that that's to me where I'd say they got to keep up with Pittsburgh and make sure that they give themselves a chance to be that one seed as we continue to go here. And here's the dynamic that is going to become fascinating sooner or later. One of these two seven games very soon will be a division rivalry renewed. That's like, what if it's the Raiders again or yeah. something? You know, Raiders back in Kansas right, City. Yeah, right. you don't want to mess with that team that isn't in awe of you. That team that knows you well. That team that is constructed to face you. You don't want that. And and what a, what a contrast to go from having the week off to having to play at home potentially against a division rival. That is a huge benefit for the one seed and a huge detriment for the two yeah. seed. All right, last game, Sunday night football. 2 and 5 Cowboys, 2 4 and 1 Eagles. Philly dominates from the start or Ben DiNucci becomes a Sunday night football called hero like Duck Hodges from last year. I'm going Philly dominates from the start. Now, I mean Philly dominating from the start is they could dominate the football game and have a statistical advantage of 250 yards to to 20 and it'll still be 13 nothing. I mean, that's Philadelphia is not capable of just blowing anybody out. I mean, if if Fulgham and Wentz don't make a play, nothing happens on offense. So it's like, hey, you guys make a play and then we'll score a point. I mean, that's really what it's come down to for them. But I still think they'll dominate the football game. Yeah, I'm just I'm just interested to see if like, are we going to see fight from the Cowboys this week? That's what I'm interested in. I mean, I really. You know, do, do they have the ability to even come out and make a game close and make you feel like, okay, hey, yeah, they're playing hard, and, yeah, they're not as good, and they'll probably lose, but they're hanging around. I respect that. I, I'm not so sure we'll even see that. That's what scares me about the Cowboys. Well, I look at it this way. If they could muster nothing against one of their biggest rivals, right? if they can't muster it then, how are they going to muster it this week at Philadelphia? Mm. What's going to happen? What I mean, that's the thing. You, we, we can try to figure out what's wrong and how they fit. Look, when you're in that bubble and you know it's going off the rails, that next game comes around fast, Chris. I'm sure you've been there at some point in your career where you just don't have enough time to fix it. It's Before you know it, you're back out there trying to do it all over again, and there's no answers. You're trying to change the tire on a moving car. It doesn't work. No, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a whirlwind. Okay, when you're in these kind of kind of scenarios, though, you are you feel you can feel the dysfunction and the chaos and the tension and the fact that some guys are not all in when you get a part. And not that I, I can ever say I was part of a team that's quite as dysfunctional as the Cowboys are right now, but was a part of some teams where, yeah, we got to week eight and we realized we're not going to the playoffs 
and there's some issues here at the football team and things like that. And it's a weird feeling in the locker room. It really is. And some well, people wait. lack the motivation. Yeah. You were on that Broncos team in 2009 that started off 6-0 and and then it all fell apart. It, yes. Right? You, yes. So what was the feeling as it was falling apart? Like you, Week in and week out. Like you could feel it falling apart and you could feel the tension within the players and the coaches of like, wait, I, I'm, I'm not sure if we can fix this. We have like some real issues here. You know, it, it was. And it, the pressure just kept mounting. It really did. And – you know, teams caught on to some of the things Josh McDaniels, he's so creative, we were killing people with, and we kind of maybe made it look like we were more talented than we were at that point because McDaniels was smart, but people caught on to some of that, and that took away some of our advantages. And, yeah, it all started like kind of spiraling out of control after that. All right, tonight's game, Falcons-Panthers. We'll get you ready for it uh, with some props and some other uh, ways of uh, talking about the, the game, including whether or not Christian McCaffrey will be in uniform. Stay tuned and you'll find out more PFT live right now. Hey, man, along the lines of Christian, can you tell us how much work he was able to do and, and how he looked doing it? Um, I'm not going to get into, you know, practice and all those things. Um, I, I think he, you know, I will say, I, th I think he looks good. You know, he looks, he looks like he's, uh, looks like he's moving around great. So just, uh, again, just, um, you know, we'll, we'll let the medical people and him, you know, and, and, you know, just determine, you know, how much he can do or, or when he can, you know, you know, go out and play in a game. But um, I thought he looked good and it was good to have him out there. Well, there's Matt Rule, the Panthers head coach. The medical people and or McCaffrey have chimed in. According to NFL media, McCaffrey not expected to be activated tonight. Once you return to practice, though, you have a three-week window to come back from injured reserve. So he will be back sooner than later. They've got the mini-buy, and then they have a trip to Kansas City looming, followed by a visit from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So maybe they're thinking, let's save McCaffrey for those games. Yes, right. I think they can handle the Falcons without him. I think they're better off holding McCaffrey until they need him against the Chiefs, Chris. Yeah, I, I agreed. I mean, I, I think that's they should. Yeah, like you're saying. I mean, they should be able to move the ball on the Atlanta Falcons, a team tonight that's you know arguably the worst defense in football. So you know, yeah, I think that this would be one game where if you're not sure, you'd go, okay. Hey, we got lots of weapons. Mike Davis at running back has been doing a very good job. Yeah, he's not Christian McCaffrey, but I think in their heart of hearts, that would probably be their thinking there. He's not 100%. Let's give them the extra 10 days. We're playing a team that we think we should offense shouldn't be a problem, and I don't think that it will be a problem. It shouldn't be. You know, the Falcons, they're a team, not a great pass rush, can't play man-to-man, -man, play a lot of zone. You know, and Carolina has shown the ability to either make big plays or if you play zone and you don't want to give up big plays, they can kind of pick you apart with their short New Orleans-type passing game themselves, Carolina, there. So I would think they're them moving the ball is not an issue tonight. All right, let's take a look at some props for tonight's game. Atlanta 1-6, Carolina 3-4. and four. The odds come from the Points Bet Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of NBC Sports. More passing yards. Simple. Matt Ryan or Teddy Bridgewater, who you have? <sighs> I think it'll be somewhat – I mean, Carolina's pass defense is clearly the better pass defense. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, but, I mean, Atlanta has to rely on that passing game. And, you know, again, Julio Jones and Matt Ryan are damn good. They put up numbers. I think I'm still going to go with Teddy Bridgewater here. I am. You know, I just think with 
the Falcons the way they are. And Mike, we've said it just about every week. And I know we don't like just, you know, talk about the Panthers a lot here, but it's sneaky good weapons on their football team. And their three headed monster receiver, they're monsters. They're really awesome. They can strike from anywhere. Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson are really versatile, explosive weapons on that side of the ball, let alone Carolina can run the ball just enough to keep you honest in those things. So I'm going to go with Bridgewater uh, throws for more yards and a close one. And it's great to see Teddy Bridgewater back and playing at a high level after everything he's been through. It's it's just a given now that he's just he's one of the – I don't know where he fits in the rankings, and I don't know if you update your top 40 on the fly during the season, but he's got to be middle of the pack to top half, right? There's a lot of damn good quarterbacks in football right now. I don't know if I'd say top half just off the top of my head, but I would say that he'd be towards the top of that bottom half, right? Uh, If that's fair, somewhere between that 17 and 20 range, but... Man, I don't know. There's a lot of good ones in the game right now to say that. But I, at some point, I am going to reshuffle and, and kind of reevaluate and probably do some sort of quarterback list just to see where things are at. Because, hey, you got guys like Josh Allen, who I had, you know, around 19 or something like that. And he's clearly not 19 now. There's some other guys that need to be shuffled around. I had, hey, Brady, Brady at uh, 15, uh, he deserves to go up. I mean, so there, there's, there's a few guys I certainly could shuffle around there. You feeling all right today? I just call it like I right? see it, Mike. I just call it like sure I see it. Right? I just call I don't play favorites. I ain't got time for that crap. I'm not smart enough to be playing those games in my head. I just got to – whatever's in there has got to come out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, I, I'm going to go Matt Ryan. Uh, yeah. I just It's just a gut I feeling. Know. And, and I, you know, he'll throw a bunch of yards. He'll build a lead, and then the Panthers will come back and win the game. Next topic, hard will to Todd go Gurley yeah, I mean, score sorry, a but. touchdown and, and a touchdown that he intends to score? Will that happen tonight for Todd Gurley? I, I would say so. I would. You know, that's where Carolina, if there's a weakness to their team, I mean, their running defense is not good. Their pass defense is, is pretty damn good. I mean, they're 10th in football in pass defense. Running-wise, yeah, not so much. I would say Gurley, you know, yeah, does get at least one touchdown tonight in that football game. Um, but – Hey, check out this with the, the Panthers, too, though, tonight. If you get a chance, watch their Derrick Brown, their first-round pick, you know, out of Auburn, the top-ten pick. He's a lot of fun to watch. They they killed it with that draft pick. You know, between him and Brian Burns on the edge, they got some cool young guys to watch that are they're kind of exciting and pop. But uh, I would expect Gurley to get a touchdown. Build it through the draft from the inside out. It's yeah. not all that sexy on draft night, but before you know it, you end up having yourself a pretty damn good team. And, you know, I don't know that the Panthers can can steal a playoff spot this year, especially with all those great teams in the NFC West. But, but man, they really are building something, and they they're going to be a team to, to deal with as Matt Rule puts his imprint on that franchise, and he's vindicating already the money that David Tepper paid him to, to come coach that team. All right, most receiving yards tonight. Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore. Here are the points bet odds for highest receiving yards in the game. Julio plus 170, bet 100, win 170. Anderson plus 235, Ridley plus 255. The long shot, Moore plus 300. Moore had a pretty good game against the Saints on Sunday, and that's an intriguing bet there, plus 300 on DJ Moore, Chris. That would probably be the best bet. You're right. I mean, DJ Moore... You know, he's in the category of having three rockets up his butt. I mean, that's that's what he is. I mean, he 
You know, he can catch a screen and go 80 yards down the sideline. You go, damn, he doesn't look like he's running that fast, but nobody's catching him, and he's running away from everybody. I'm still going to have to go with Julio. I, I guess, I, I mean, they just, they always find ways to get him the football. Carolina's not a team that plays a ton of man-to-man and do, and like, and play that scheme. So I think that lends itself to Julio too and them having enough creativity on offense and Matt Ryan to where I'll go with him even though I don't feel real comfortable about that. Yeah, I uh I I you know what? Uh since I don't bet, I'll take the long shot. I'll say You're DJ. Going with it? What the hell? Yeah. Yeah. We never we never we never bring these back and talk about them anyway, but uh yeah, what the hell? Put you know, DJ Moore final answer. And uh, we'll see how it all plays out. By the way, before we go, since we have a little buffer here, yeah, they're they're announcing the players of the month for the month of October. That's coming out today. Tom Brady, the offensive player of the month in the NFC. Yeah. To your point, higher than fifteen on the Chris Sims revised on the fly quarterback rankings. Derrick Henry, to a little surprise, the AFC offensive player of the month. Although you got some great offensive players in the AFC, but Derrick Henry has been unstoppable. Yeah. So. Congratulations to the two of them. By the way, Miles Garrett of the Lions. You're I mean, funny. the Browns. Oh, that guy. The, uh, <laughs> the AFC Defensive Player of the Month. As hey. well. Seriously, Miles Garrett. Yeah, he's getting it together. And Pete, Pete Miles Garrett. Pete, Pete's ready to quit during the show. Miles Garrett is. He's getting into Aaron Donald land. I mean, that's where. He, I mean, it just. He's. It's almost unstoppable. It's almost every game. You just go. He's gonna get two sacks, and if he doesn't get two sacks, it's just by like pure luck that somehow, you know, the quarterback just got the ball out of his hand or it was a quick throw on this play, just happened to be open right away. He's pretty much an unstoppable force. There's no doubt he's the best pass rusher defense end in football. That's not a conversation. He's so so good. He's going to get a sack in the Browns Raiders game and get a sack in the Lions. Damn, he's good. good. Way to go, PDD. Good job. When when, when we return, sorry, Pete, we're not going to let this one go at least until tomorrow. Uh, Matchup draft for week eight. More PFT Live right after this. Quaker has been a trusted name in breakfast for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, and the ballpoint pen. And while a lot of things have changed since then, some things have stayed the same, like the great taste and quality of Quaker oats. Quaker has something for everyone, like old-fashioned and quick oats, great for cooking and baking, or instant oatmeal in different flavors and varieties. Whether it's lower sugar or added protein or fiber, Quaker oats can satisfy the whole family. There's even Quaker fruit fusion with real fruit pieces, added vitamins, and no artificial colors for a bold start to a bold morning. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker oats in your local grocery store. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. 
That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. You when you were coming out in the draft, if I'm not mistaken, you went up there for a, a visit before the draft. They had a, a one of the top 10 picks that year. Did you feel like they were serious? Did you feel like there was a significant chance you might be going to New York? Yeah, I mean, I definitely thought there was interest there. I mean, whenever you get on those those visits, you know that they're pretty interested in doing their due diligence. So, uh, I mean, I definitely thought there was interest there. But uh, at the time, they drafted a great player in Jamal Adams. And, uh, I mean, you can't, you can't really argue with that one. All right, just so we're clear on this once and for all, because I guess we're doing this now every time a team plays Patrick Mahomes that could have drafted him. Here are the teams that could have drafted Patrick Mahomes. Setting aside anyone else who could have traded up to get into the top 10 to get Patrick Mahomes like the Chiefs ultimately did. Browns passed on Mahomes. 49ers passed on Mahomes. Bears passed on Mahomes. Jaguars, Titans, Jets, Chargers, Panthers, Bengals, and the Buffalo Bills, who in lieu of taking Mahomes, traded down with the Chiefs, who came up and got Mahomes. And that in and of itself should have been the clue to somebody in Buffalo when the Chiefs and Andy Reid want to come up there. Who are they targeting? What may we be missing here? And look, they still got Tredavious White and they got other stuff by trading down. But I just it's it's the, the Jets are a pincushion now. Why are the Jets getting this treatment? There's 10 teams that could get this treatment, Chris. Yeah, no, I mean, and there's really there's more than that. There's a bunch of other teams that didn't see the talent there or think that Mahomes is going to be that as well. I mean, we've had this conversation. I put myself out there in a very on a limb very early on in the Mahomes process. And man, I had a lot of people that told me I was stupid. So I'm sure there was a lot of teams that just didn't see it. You know, and again, it went back to the same old story, Mike, that we always fight here. It's quarterback, quarterback. He can't be that good. They're four and seven. Yeah, well, I, he's not Superman. He's not the Incredible Hulk. Texas Tech stinks. What, what do you want him to do? You know, and then people would point at games and, oh, what about TCU game his senior year and all that? Okay, well, when you watch a quarterback, you have to ask, okay, what is being asked him is realistic? Did he miss plays out here that he was supposed to hit? You know, and you watch those games and you go, well, there was nothing there to be had. Again, he's not Superman or the Incredible Hulk. So, you know, it just people get lost in the team aspect and blaming it on one guy once again. And you're right. There's a lot of teams that deserve uh, some crap for that one. Are you ready for it, your trivia? It was. Well, it was Andy Reid. Yeah. It was Sean Payton. And it was Mike McCarthy. And now McCarthy wasn't going to take him. Peyton, I think, would have taken him if the Chiefs hadn't cut the line in front of him. Those yes. were the three guys, and they kept their mouths shut. Right. Which kept others from realizing, including the Jets and the other nine teams, that maybe Mahomes had something. All right, give me the trivia question. All right, so the Steelers at 6-0 are the last undefeated team this season. Who was the last undefeated team last season? Wow. Well, it wasn't the 49ers. They lost early, and the Ravens ended up with the one seed, but they were 2-2. Two and two. The last undefeated team last year, I will – oh, man. Last year, the last undefeated team. The Packers? You said it. You were right. It was the 49ers. The 49ers? Yeah, remember? Oh, they, they started out on a field. They had not yeah, lost until lost that game, game against Seattle at home with, you know, the overtime oh, Monday Night game Football. That. that was right. an awesome game. That was Jadavian Clowney's tour de force. Yeah, all right. Well, I said it. Does that count? Nope. Let me sorry. Hear the sound. All right. Sorry, Slugger. Can I get a bingo? 
I right, go ahead. Yeah, Pete's mad at me. Go ahead. Go ahead. Chris, I think take the first pick. That the 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 Bills offensive weapons versus the Patriots secondary is one of the matchups I'm looking at for this week. I mean, because there's a lot of things that encompass this. I mean, of course we know it's a and big you game. You blew it. You blew it. You blew it. You, I was yeah, Stefan versus Stefan. How can you not go Stefan versus Stefan? That's the it's great. When do we ever have a chance to say Stefan versus Stefan? Okay, we put do. it on there. It's Stefan versus Good. Stefan, all right? It's Good. two different spellings of it, too. It's a PH and an F version, so I like that. But either way. Just like just like John Coffey from Green Mile. <laughs> Same as the drink, just spelled different. Go ahead. <laughs> yes, but I, I mean, it, that matchup, of course, is gold. It's going to be all the matchups across the board and where I'm excited because the Bills can't run the football. They're all about throwing. The Patriots can't stop running the run. They're all about pass defense. And then, of course, Brian Dayball, he's a New England disciple. Him there as the offensive coordinator, matching wits with the Belichicks and that, all that. That's going to be very interesting to me, and that'll be the story of the game, really. You know, can the, can the Bills consistently throw the ball on New England? If they can, they're going to win the game. If it's tough, uh, I think they could be in trouble of being upset by the Patriots. Yeah, look, I agree with you, and that was one of the ones on my list, obviously, because I had the Stefan and Stefan locked and loaded and ready to go. I am going to go something we talked about earlier. Lamar Jackson versus that Steelers front seven. We know how the Steelers take pride in stopping the run. They get off the bus stopping the run. That was Cam Hayward told me a couple of weeks ago when they shut down the Browns running game. They've only faced Lamar Jackson once before. They're going to be ready, and they've just got that swagger, and let's see what Lamar Jackson has. He had a week off to get ready for this one, heal up any lingering nicks he may have. You know, he popped up from time to time on the injury report. This is going to be a great one. What does Lamar have? Can he throw the ball against that defense? But most importantly, running the ball strength on strength. What can Lamar do against that front seven? Yeah, I'm, I'm, that's going to be awesome. I mean, it's two bullies on the field as far as teams are concerned. And it's just like, which one will break or which one will blink? I mean, that, that's um, – um, is that the game of the day? I mean, is that the game of the day to you on Sunday? I guess so. I think it's the game of the day for me. All right. Yeah, I think yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely. It's yeah. Uh, yeah because the Ravens have one loss, and this is going to be this is the biggest test left on the Steelers' regular season schedule. So yes. Yep. All right. Um, I think the next one I'm going to go to is Flores versus McVeigh. You know, again, here we are. It's the Tua, the Tua. You know, showing up there for the Miami Dolphins. What can they do? But I think this is a game that I would not be shocked if Miami pulled off an upset. I'm not saying I'm going to pick them. But I don't think you can just chalk it up to, oh, the Rams are 5-2 and two, and they got McVay and Aaron Dodd. They're just going to roll over this Miami Dolphins team. I don't think that'll be the case. I don't. And I think, you know, really the big factor of the game will be Flores. Can he slow down McVay and Jared Goff and Robert Woods and all those things on the offensive side of the ball to let Tua get ready and into the game a little bit? You know, if it comes out with McVeigh and they're just it's surgical and McGenius is going down the field and all that stuff, and all of a sudden Tua is like getting the ball and he's down seven nothing, he goes three and out, and all of a sudden now it's fourteen nothing. Like, forget it, they got no chance. So it will be important for the defense in Flores to break out that game plan we saw from the Super Bowl a few years ago with the Patriots versus the Rams and do some other stuff to give them a chance to win the football game and give a chance to Tua to win his first start as a as a, a left handed quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it could end up being like the 49ers-Patriots game last week where you sputter a few times, and the next thing you know, it's 23-3. to Exactly right. And it you, could you, be. You, and, you're, and you're done. And you're okay, done, right. Uh, next one for me, 
I'm going to go DK Metcalf against the 49ers secondary, whoever it is that draws the short straw on any given play, because I think Metcalf is going to be pissed off because not that he's going to be mad that he didn't get the ball more last week, just that he didn't get open more often, that he didn't do well enough, Mm -hmm. that he didn't put himself in position to get the ball. And uh, I I think he's going to have a huge game. And I think whoever is trying to cover him from that secondary is going to wish they didn't have to cover. I I would think that would be back to back to the basics for the Seattle Seahawks. First off, San Francisco plays so many single safety defenses where either it's zone or man, it plays like man to man, one on one on the outside. And that's one of the weaknesses to me of that 49ers defense. You could throw it out there if you're willing to do it. And Russell Wilson and them are. And Russell Wilson let Arizona, as I said earlier in the week, off the hook last week. There was too many times where it was DK Metcalf, man-to-man, you should have thrown the ball to DK Metcalf, and for some other reason, he worked the other side of the ball, and I would think he got, he saw that film and went, wait, what the hell was I doing? Why didn't I work him more? Uh, so I expect that to happen. All right, I'm going to go to the Browns-Raiders game. Um, sneaky big-time game here, you know, because, of course, there's playoff implications here. The Raiders, they can't afford to really lose this, or they might fall out of favor and fall out of the race for a, a, a playoff spot. And, of course, we know the Browns are kind of in the similar scenario. To me, the big battle here for this football game will be, can the Raiders' defensive line not get mauled by the Browns' offensive line? That's really where it'll come down to because I think it's the Raiders will be able to cover the Browns in a lot of ways. The Browns' running game can really dominate. And, and it makes life easy for Baker Mayfield sometimes. Raiders are not impressive up front. If they could slow it down a little, I think they'll be able to cover the Browns without OBJ and all that and to where maybe they can pull off an upset in Cleveland. But I'm just not sure what happens there in that matchup. Yeah, I thought about going John Gruden against the virus, but that's not a matchup because, as we know, the Raiders are on the cutting edge of beating the They've virus. They dominated it. Next one for me, Le'Veon Bell against Adam Gase. Oh, yeah. Hey, look. Damn. Why did I forget about that? Regardless of how it came out, how it played out, you know, it was characterized as Gase didn't want Bell. The truth is Gase didn't want to pay Bell $13.5 million per year. Gase recognized that you can't have Bell as the finishing touch to an offense that otherwise has nothing. It was too much money to invest in the position when you have far more important needs in crafting an offense. But they never got along. They never saw eye to eye. The relationship was poisoned from the get-go, and this is Bell's chance. I mean, this is it, man. I mean, what, 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 did, what did Gase do to deserve this season? And he's going into the bye with games against the Chiefs and then the Patriots, and he gets Le'Veon Bell in Bell's second game on the field with the Chiefs. So that one's easy for me. Is that Have we done three each that already? That was three. That was it. That was fast. All right, yeah. well, it's good because we got to take a break. When we return, we talked about the Justin Turner story from Major League Baseball yesterday. Got some information from the NFL that should put our minds at ease as to the possibility of seeing a guy who was COVID positive running around with the Lombardi Trophy after the Super Bowl. We'll talk about that when PFT Live continues right after this. The NFL acknowledges that it's unlikely. Oh, wait, before I do that, let me point out the PFT PM presence on the Daily Peacock lineup along with PFT Live. Wrapped around other shows like the Dan Patrick Show, Rich Eisen, Brother from Another, Safety Blitz on Mondays from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern. Then look at that guy in the bottom right corner. Wow. Look at that. Look at me. You need Johnny a haircut. Sideline Get a haircut. There. Yeah. What's up with the haircut? Yeah, you're on the graphic twice. I don't know, but I need that? one. We need a new picture for that one, please. Somebody work on that, all right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, the point that I was starting to make before I forgot to uh, point out our 
Daily Lineup on Peacock, by the way, excellent streaming service. The NFL tells me that it's unlikely but possible they would get themselves into a situation where for a night game, they would get the results back from a PCR off-site COVID test. And if that would happen, they would immediately remove the player from the game, just like MLB did with Justin Turner, put the player in an isolation room and make sure he did not leave. That's where baseball got it screwed up and they're going to investigate. I don't know what to investigate. They let him leave. That wouldn't happen in the NFL, Chris. The player would no. not be allowed out of the isolation room. Well, there's That's a the lot NFL of things. Me. So you'd have to, yeah. you don't have to worry about a guy running around on the on the floor of the of of Raymond James Stadium with the confetti everywhere, shedding virus onto everyone who's down there on the field. I'm happy for the Dodgers. They won the game. Major League Baseball doesn't seem that interested in making people follow rules. I mean, you know, they, they, the Astros they've cheated for four years, and we just let them into the playoffs, and eh, no big deal. So they got issues there. They got to figure it out. A sport that cares so much about its unwritten rules doesn't give a crap about oh, its written rules. What no, the they, hell is wrong exactly with right. Exactly right. The unwritten right. rules are Thanks more Thanks for some of your time today. Ones. Have a great Thursday. We'll see everybody on Friday. See ya. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home.